This is Teeming with Ideas, the podcast that explores how people at work work together. I'm Carlos Valdez Depani, your host. Enjoy. Welcome back. I am joined today by an author and a relatively new acquaintance of mine, Carrie Wickelow. Carrie, welcome. Thanks for having me. Gratitude. Gratitude is profoundly important to me, to the journey of my life. And when I first met you and you were good enough to send me your books, I thought this is one we got to talk about. So I'm the chief operating officer at Actualize Consulting. I've been there for 16 years. Where everything stemmed from with gratitude and culture and focusing on our people really just came from the sheer that we needed to fo- change our focus and on our people. We had really high attrition rates. So that's really been my focus for the last 11 years out of that 16 years has just been on our people, making it a place where people want to work. And it's been a really fun journey and gratitude has been a really big part of that. So what what does your firm do? We are a financial services consulting firm. So we do a lot around strategies for companies. We're not financial planners. We're more strategic in different subject matters like capital markets, treasury, mortgages. So very complex financial functions. And we'll help with the advisory, system implementations, business process, reengineering, and design as well. I have a finance degree and a marketing degree and then a minor in psychology. A little bit of everything. I've been in consulting my entire career in some capacity. Um, I was on the business side. And then, you know, when I started, it actually is more operational. But I have like that systems process background. So building out a company was something that I was very intrigued with. And that's why I joined Actualize. And then it's just really speared into more on the cultural side as well. Not, I still have my responsibilities internally, but now really sharing with other organizations how they can create and maintain a thriving organizational culture as well. Culture's got a lot to do with it. You have, you have another book on- mm-hmm, On culture. Mm-hmm. I always like a good model. And there's one you developed, a very simple one called the three P's. It's very simple. It's pause to pivot to a positive. So that's your three P's, pause, pivot, and positive. And I've kept it simple. I've added, like we were talking, I've added a bit to it. So in that pause, you're pausing in a moment of gratitude. And this is when you're dealing with any type of challenge or something's in front of you. Maybe it's a personal challenge. Maybe you got in a car accident or it's something of that nature, or it could be with somebody on your team or even personally. But in that moment, you're pausing, you're finding something to be grateful for about the situation. Like for instance, let's say you got rear-ended, you could be grateful that everybody's safe and sound. That's in really simplistic terms. And then you're pivoting into this positive, like what's my positive resolution? What do I need to do to move forward in this situation that I'm in? In that instance with the car, do you need to call the cops? Do you need to call insurance? Like, how can I move forward? And I give this example and I've thought about it over the years for whatever reason, I've been rear-ended multiple times. (laughs) And (laughs) I don't know, maybe I'm the bad driver. I don't know. I'm trying to take some accountability. But anyways, I just remember the first time it happened, how many people I called on the phone. Guess what happened? And then the last time it happened, I didn't call anybody. It just was like, okay, whatever, no big deal. So it's that you save a lot of time. Okay, this is what happened. And then you're moving as quickly as you can. Sometimes you have to take more time in that pause. It just depends what it is. But it's the quicker you can get to a resolution, the better you're going to be, the more time you're going to save. Okay, so that that first step, the pause. Mm-hmm. I don't know about you, mm-hmm. but my I get, do you know the term amygdala hijacking? 
right? From emotional intelligence is when we yes, first heard about yes. that. Get a little, yeah. Um, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm, it's I, mm-hmm. that boy. That's tough mm-hmm. for me when that when that chemical trigger really from the the lizard part of my brain kicks in. It's very hard to pause and breathe, despite the fact that my wife is sitting next to me, urging me to, to do, do that. that. Right. <laughs> and sometimes it takes somebody nudging you to do it as well. Yeah. It's tough when, when we're triggered like that, mm-hmm. but I, I like the simplicity of it. And I like that notion of pivoting because that is a choice. If we can get back into our cognitive brain and we can say, okay, wait, let me choose a different response here. Now, the other thing you point out is there appears to be some science suggesting a genetic predisposition to expressing gratitude? Yeah, absolutely. There's been research on it. Michael Steger, I've looked at his research. You can have twins that one twin would be more predisposed to be grateful and the other one is more negative, right? Having more of a negative connotation. It's just kind of how you're hardwired. Almost like you're working out, you have to work out that gratitude muscle. And I always say there's this cumulative impact if you always going to gratitude first or always going to, okay, how can I move out of this situation in a positive way? It really does build because I don't, I was not as quick to move or as quick to think about gratitude before I really started focusing on it with my teams and personally. And then I just saw how easier my life was and how much more time I had because I wasn't spinning. I was using my tools much quicker. And gratitude is one of those tools that makes you feel better. It's like breathing, right? If you breathe and have a moment of gratitude, you're going to feel pretty good pretty quickly. Well, I hope I'm breathing most of the time. A focused breath. (laughs) That's a really good tip for the pause, right? If you have difficulty trying to Mm -hmm. de-escalate the emotional part of a reaction to being rear-ended, for example, remembering to stop and take a deep breath in, breathe in, and then pause for a moment. Hold the breath for just a moment and let it go, and it releases some of that nasty emotional stuff you're holding on to. There is a term for that in yoga. They call that a kumbhak, which is where you pause at the top of the breath, but Mm -hmm. that's for another episode. (laughs) So breathing matters and a good way to physicalize the pause. I want to go right into your book for a sec. I'm going to read a quote for you, and I want to talk about how this connects to one aspect of team effectiveness. It says, I'm grateful for the openness of our firm that allows anyone to express an idea or concern freely and know it will be heard. The term that people use for that is psychological safety. I want to understand how gratitude can help develop psychological safety. Well, there's a lot to unpack in that statement. The way that we cultivate that at an individual, at a team level, is the sheer, and I use the word, my book is called Gratitude Infusion, Culture Infusion. And the reason I use the word infusion is because it has to be present all the time. And from a leadership perspective or a team level perspective, how you're coaching the entire organization is that our people come first, your voice matters, even how we do our performance, setting that up, there's an aspirational section on what do you aspire to do? And then we reward people if they are coming up with ideas to better the firm, they get rewarded with bonuses or star player, awesome team player awards, kudos. So when people have an idea, even if we don't do it, we're usually recognizing that being brought to the table. And even though we've been in business since 2003, we're still very entrepreneurial. And we believe we've been successful because our people have helped continuously with ideas to help us grow. I talk about that in the recruiting process. 
So it's one of those things. And I have check-ins with people. I still am very focused on having that individual connection with our people as well. Sometimes people come into the organization and I'll set up a meeting with them. And now I say, this is our check-in. I do it with everybody. But at first people are like, am I in trouble? Because I, and I'm like, no, but I asked them immediately within two weeks of starting with the organization, anything that you could have seen enhanced. Do you have any ideas? Be thinking about that. So I think that's where that comment comes from. It is infused in the organization that we want to hear your voice. You are going to be recognized for contributions and nothing is a bad idea. The worst we're going to say is no. So if somebody comes to you and when you get that idea, that is a criticism of how things are being done. Mm -hmm. People want to be able to feel they can speak truth without fear of retribution or someone holding a grudge, right? You recognize and reward that too? Well, go back to the 3P method of pausing to pivot to a positive. So if you have a criticism, I would like an alternative solution to that. You can criticize all you want. Our philosophy is it's fine to have things that you don't agree with, but what's your resolution? How can we make it better? I don't want to spend all that time in that, that negativity, right? I want to move right, to right, right. what's the better way? What's the process improvement? Or maybe what's the team dynamic improvement? How can we get there? But we have to recognize that it, it's okay. What's the first rule of improv? Yes, and. Yes, yeah. and. People are going to come to you with ideas, so you want to hear them, but they also have to be positive and, okay, this is how we're going to solve the solution. If somebody came to me and had just a flat-up criticism, I would say, okay, I hear you. Yes. All right. Mm -hmm. And if they didn't come with the resolution, I'm like, okay, schedule time with me next week and let's talk about how you would like to see it done better. So it's gratitude for their honesty. Don't come to me with problems. Come to me with solutions. Yes, explain the problem so I'll get what the solution is. But don't just come to me with your problems. Come to me with answers. That's what I pay you for. You call that positivity. That's part of your three Ps. I think it makes a ton of sense. So for someone managing a team, you want people to come to you with problems and hold them responsible for the ideas that they could fix it, right? Or even you could brainstorm it. Sure. Yeah. Right. Let's think about it together. Let's yeah. think about it together. Like what ideas do you have? I'll think about it too. And that's one of the things that I think has kept us fresh as an organization is having those conversations about how can we do it better? I just had one last week and we had a 30-minute conversation. We found three process efficiencies just for me asking her, what's not working well? What's, mm -hmm. Why are you struggling in your role? Right. There you go. I was asking what was wrong. <laughs> right. Yeah, you were inviting it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which I guess is probably a good tip for managers of teams as well, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> you should be asking your folks, what's, what could be better here? What can we learn? Which is how I tend to think about it, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Where is the opportunity for us to sharpen our game? I think if you also message it is we can always be better and we can, you always can be better. And that creates a fertile ground for gratitude because you're saying, what can we do better? Then those ideas start to come in. Some will work, some won't, but you have a great conversation that you can then express gratitude for in some form of reward or recognition, even if it's informal. Yeah. And sometimes the informal is all you need as well. And I guess it's incumbent on a team leader. If you're going to ask for input, close your mouth and listen. Uh -huh. <laughs> and from time to time, you're going to have to accept some of that input. You have to, because if everything gets said no to, 
that's going to start to wear down psychological safety as well, because people will feel like that invitation to share ideas is a sham. And a really good strategy, if you are going to say no, say why you're saying no. Right. I've had many cases where somebody came with an idea and maybe we already had that capability within the firm and they just didn't, weren't educated on it. So yeah, that's a great idea. We actually already have it. Or um, that's a great idea. Thank you for sharing. We're going to go down this path instead of this. But just circling back with people so they feel heard. That goes back to the psychological safety. Most times you really just need to be heard that it was safe that you said what you said. Right. What do we want out of our team? We want better performance. We want innovation. These are the words that you'll hear. We want agility. If you can have open, honest conversations about what needs to get better and then implement ideas to do that, you're going to end up with a better, higher performing team at the end of the day. Absolutely. And I'm constantly challenging even my internal team. Sometimes I'll say, well, well, we've always done it this way. I'm like, okay, I'm challenging you. Like, what could we do differently? How could we spice it up a little bit? So conflict in teams. And you talk about this in your book and how gratitude can help to talk about it. How can gratitude help team members in managing conflict, whether it's with their peers or with their, their boss? Right. Yeah, definitely use the 3P method. But if you are having that internal conflict in a team, maybe it's between a couple people, definitely always get people's approval to use this technique. And I'll prep them before. So they have homework and they'll come to the meeting. Some people joke that they're going to the principal's office, but then they say it's not too bad (laughs) once they get out. Everybody always laughing afterwards. Let's say you're having a conflict with somebody Instead of starting with what the conflict is, you start with why you're grateful for that person. I ask that they find something that has worked really well with the way they interact as a team or maybe a contribution that that person's had on the team. So why are you grateful for that person? And then what was your role in the challenge? How did you contribute? And I'll give you an example. We had supervisor and employee type of thing. And when he said, I could have been a bit more gentle. And then she said, well, I could have been a bit less emotional. So they both kind of took accountability. And then because they owned up to the part, when we got to the actual conflict, I said, well, do you want to talk about the actual conflict? And then they were like, no, actually, we're just like, (laughs) I think now we just know we need to be a little bit more mindful of how we're showing up because one person's a little bit more aggressive. She's a little bit more shy. So they were already going to the resolution based on the contributions. Yeah, you know what? I could be a little bit better in this regard. A lot of times we'll diffuse the conflict. If you start with gratitude, state your role, how you contributed. And I know sometimes people are like, well, you know, I had nothing to do with it at all. That person is so wrong. I was like, okay, well, just take a moment. I'm sure you could have done something a touch differently. Yeah. And if you reflect, you go back to any argument, you could have done something better. Yeah. Sometimes how you manage your emotions around it. I could have stayed calmer because what happens is a conflict that's relatively minor escalates into something not necessary. Yeah. <laughs> right. Not, not not helpful. Not necessary. Mm-hmm. Let's just boil it down to the facts. We depersonalize it, uh-huh. get rid of some of the blame and address the problem, not the person. Gratitude, I think, is a great way to do that reset. By the way, I think my wife would be disappointed if I didn't mention that our license plate is S-A-Y-T-H-X. 
Say thanks. Aw, tell her high five. That's amazing. I love that. <laughs> we get people driving by with the thumbs up sign all the time. And we're like, what are that? what's that about? And then we go, oh, yeah, the license plate. It's not hard. It's not hard. And as a guy who is on the emotional side of the scale, I, I do struggle with it. Mm -hmm. Breathing is the best thing. I have a daily gratitude practice. My everyday starts with I don't get out of bed until I've spent at least three minutes reminding myself of just how fortunate I am to be waking up in a bed with a roof over my head, with a pair of slippers that I put next to my bed there, with food in the refrigerator downstairs. And that has helped me find my gratitude place mm -hmm. a little more readily later in the day if things aren't going well. What, what do you do? What's your, what's your advice to those who want a, a simple gratitude practice? I think it needs to be what works for you. I've done many things over the years. Where I'm at right now is I do a weekly gratitude with my team. We talk about what we're grateful for for ourselves, like internally, because I think sometimes we forget we're so focused on the external piece. So what am I grateful for for myself? What I'm grateful for externally, like with my team, the food, or even personally who I'm grateful for. And then I also like to focus on what's a win that happened today as well. So I try to focus on those three aspects, at least daily. And then if I forget, I actually have a notepad that has those prompts on it because you forget, you get busy and not remembering how amazing your life is. I do that. And then my go-to is when I have a challenge or I'm feeling a little spinny, definitely take a breath, but I always use gratitude to help move me quicker and whatever emotional negativity I'm facing. And let's face it, it, it happens. It happens when you're driving. It happens at the grocery store. Maybe somebody just says, just rubs you the wrong way with a comment that they make. You're a parent, right? I am. And I have an almost 16-year-old daughter. Whew. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Enough said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. A lot of gratitude reminders. Ooh. I was actually reflecting on that this weekend. I'm divorced. So she was with her dad and um, said, you know what, Carrie, you really need to do your own work and focus on more positivity and gratitude with her as well, because it just mm. feels better. So I say that because even though I teach on this, I write about it, it's not always easy. Like, I'm not perfect. Wait, hold on. I can't have you on my podcast if you're not perfect, Carrie. Wait, I'm not. Now you tell me. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm sure your listeners are like, oh, good. Shh. You know, it's okay. I don't have to be perfect. Yes, that's true. You don't. And I'm, I'm grateful for your imperfection because that's what makes you human and vulnerable <laughs> and accessible. I loved earlier, by the way, when you talked about gratitude as a muscle. If we're one of those poor ones whose genome doesn't include the easier to be grateful gene, um, you can develop that muscle. You can learn it. It's remarkably powerful. I spent a good deal of my life suffering with anxiety and depression. I discovered the simple power of being able to acknowledge the things in my life that I'm grateful for on a daily basis. It's extremely powerful. It does, just like mindfulness meditation alters the way your brain cells work. I think gratitude does the same thing. It does. And those coupled together is extremely powerful. And do you know Brene Brown? Sure. Oh my goodness, yeah. yes. She's such a good storyteller, but she also is such a researcher. And she said that the number one thing when people are having 
extreme hardships in their lives from losing a child to maybe a house burning down, losing a high figure job is the number one thing when she did her research that the people who moved through it the quickest were the ones that were focused on gratitude, what they were still grateful for. Like, okay, maybe my house burned down, but I'm alive. Just that simplistic of a thing. That was the number one thing. And she was blown away that it was gratitude. There's also research on married couples and marriages that last. And they measured how often the couples said thank you to each other. And they noticed a significant correlation between couples that have hung in there and lasted and those that ended up Mm -hmm. divorced. The frequency of expressing gratitude was considerably higher in those couples that had greater success. With my boyfriend, we do weekly gratitude on Sundays, Sunday evening at dinner. When we keep it in our phone, like a note, and we share that. And I think it's extremely powerful. We have that negativity bias, right? That we are focused on the negative. But how about we focus on everything positive that happened this week? And sometimes you're like, wow, there's a lot happened this week. This gratitude personally and professionally is brilliant. Those who find it a little hard to swallow. The company where I worked for many years is full of a lot of very humble people. And you express gratitude, you do a little recognition. We would try to implement this before meetings, for example. And people before long would say, look, I get it. We want to be positive. We want to, but can't we just get to work? Mm-hmm. And partly it's because people are saying, I'm doing this because it's my job. I solved that problem because it's my job. I came in early and I stayed late because it's my job. There's a resistance sometimes to gratitude, which you talk about in your book. Mm-hmm. Any thoughts about how team leaders, managers could deal with that resistance in themselves or those on their team? I personally sometimes have a hard time accepting gratitude. I'm like, oh, it's nothing or it's okay. One of my friends told me one time, he's really big on gratitude, that when somebody gives you a compliment or expresses gratitude, it's a gift. So if somebody brought you flowers, you're not going to not take them. Just breaking it down in simplistic terms of saying thank you, number one. And then the other thing, like with your teams and expressing, so for you receiving it, just simply saying thank you and catching yourself. I catch myself all the time about to go into it's nothing. And then I'll, people now reflect back to me and say, Carrie, just say thanks. I'm like, okay, I'm sorry, thanks. You personally just saying thank you, leaving it super simple. Now with your teams, and this is what I've found, being very cognizant of how people need, I'll give an example on my team. I have people that like, I need to be very grateful on every task. I need to really be grateful. I have other people, if I did that, that would really annoy them. If I was right, like they're like, yeah, right. keep it Enough moving, already. right? Like, yeah. Got it. And then I have other people who are like, I like when they get an award, like a grand gesture, because that's how they feel more appreciated. So really taking the time to like, how are people reacting? What do they need from an appreciation perspective? So what you're talking about, then you, you talk about this in the book, each person is different and the ways they're going to process gratitude will differ. So it sounds like you're saying to managers know what each of your team members is is like in this regard. And if you're going to have a group exercise, that's fine as well. And just recognize some people are going to be more excited about it than others. But at the end, if you are doing an exercise in gratitude, they are going to feel better for sure. Even if they're like, really like, no, I'm not doing this. And I've had that happen in seminars and internally, you know, where people are like, I'm just not feeling the gratitude today. I'm like, okay. That's fine. You just have your little adult 
time out and you do you boo <laughs> and then everybody else is being grateful and then they look like a you know like oh then they're like mm, okay i'll be grateful always if you're breathing you can be grateful for that yeah yeah, yeah. it can be that simple just focus on that you're breathing right now yeah and that's usually what i kind of joke and i'm like you're breathing you're good you know so i kind of try to make light of it but i also don't want to force somebody. And that's a really good. You have to honor where they are. And I think you can be grateful for their honesty. I do a lot of work in change management. And one of the issues I'm dealing with with some folks right now is that be thankful for the resistance because the resistance is telling them where the issues are. And underneath that resistance, there's probably good information that can help you get through this change more productively once you acknowledge it. Don't just brush it off or be ticked off at them for being resistant or unwelcoming. Ask some questions, dig a little deeper. And then maybe there was something they didn't even realize that they were holding on to. So it sounds like at your firm and in your life, gratitude is just an essential element of how you operate. Absolutely, yeah. And I believe you also shared this with your clients. We do. And going back to being in the financial services industry, the Association of Financial Professionals, the uh, Treasury Cash Management Exchange, even those organizations have had me speak on gratitude. Since the pandemic, I think people are really getting a lot more on board with these easy tools. People are also stretched on budgets right now. And gratitude is absolutely free. Great point. It's easy. Everybody always goes away feeling a little bit better about the team and having a bit of connection. And you can't ask for more than that. Carrie Wickelow, thank you so much for taking time today to talk about gratitude and your book, Gratitude Infusion, Workplace Strategies for a Thriving Organizational Culture. There's so much in here that goes beyond thriving organizational cultures. It's just about being a happy human. Carlos, I appreciate it. Sure. And to my listeners, we'll look forward to having you with us on our next episode in season two of Teaming with Ideas. Hi, I'm Janet Aldrich, producer and director of Teaming with Ideas. Thanks for listening and keep on teaming with ideas. <laughs>